This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Echoes of uh, a few years ago, uh, following the giant blue ring and the debate over public art at City Hall, said Councillor Sean Chu saying over the weekend that when Council reconvenes in September, he plans on putting forth a motion that would put a freeze on public art funding. So there was a lot of review and a lot of debate around the public art policy of the time, whether the 1% formula makes sense, whether others should have some kind of input in, in the public art that is selected. Uh, so the, the 1% does go down to 0.5% once an infrastructure project reaches a certain limit. I believe there's a total overall cap of $4 million that can be spent on public art. So even if you've got a massive project, you know, like the upcoming Green Line, for example. There's, there's a limit to how much can be spent on public art. But does it make sense to have that built in? Maybe s- certain projects lend themselves better to public art. Or maybe when we build a $70 million interchange, maybe we can spend that money, that 1% on public art, but maybe we can put that art somewhere else that makes more sense. So what are we trying to achieve? And is the policy achieving it? All right, so joining us for some thoughts on all of this, please to welcome the program, Ward 9 City Councilor Giancarlo Carra. Councilor, thanks for making some time for us here. How are you doing, Robert? Uh, I'm doing very well. I, you're probably feeling a, a lot of deja vu these days, I'm guessing now. Well, look, I, I want to just start by the anecdote that literally under a week ago, I was jo- joking around with my campaign volunteers, and we were talking about how in 2010, we were hearing about the Peace Bridge. In 2013, at the doors, we were hearing about the giant blue ring. I was like... Too bad we don't have something like that to talk about. Like literally inside of a week ago. And like, yeah, I did. It's my fault. I jinxed it. Okay, so explain to people how this all works, because it's not as though you guys all got together as, as council and said, hey, let's let's put this specific piece of art in this specific place. So how does this policy work? Yeah, so I mean, I think after the blue, I mean, I, I think there's two arguments that we really have to sort of pick up and understand as being separate considerations. The first one is the argument about public art at all. And there are some people who are vehemently opposed to a public art policy, and there are people like myself who are supportive of it. The next conversation that we need to have is about this particular piece of art and whether the public art process is working. We definitely had a conversation about whether the public art process was working after the Blue Ring, and we made a number of refinements, a lot of which that you just spoke about in your intro. Uh, so I guess my first question is, when you, when you want me to... T- I mean, there are people who want us to conflate the two issues, right. who say, this is an ugly thing, this is proof positive that we should get rid of public art. Do you want to talk about public art, or do you want to talk about this piece? Because both are very fascinating. Well, they are. Um, Fascinating lines of conversation. Let's start with public art. Yes. Okay. Um, The argument for public art, and the reason why I'm a supporter of it, is that uh, it has been proven that when uh, multinational firms are shopping around trying to find a place to call home, and I think Calgary is presenting itself lovely on the world stage right now and has never before needed more needed to uh, to draw in talent and employers and businesses from abroad one of the things they really look at is what's the arts and culture scene what's it like and public art and a public art policy is one of those things where they're checking the box and saying yeah these guys are are doing the kinds of things that are creating the kind of city where my workforce wants to live calgary i think was just made the top ten cities dream cities to move to for work, which was uh, which was an article that just came out uh, that 
Calgary Economic Development, of course, was very happy to laud. And it has been proven that public art plays a significant and not, not inconsequential role in that kind of calculus. And this is, this is the time where we need that more than ever. So I am a big supporter of public art just for that economic argument. The only other thing I want to note as sort of a tangential to that is that when we go out to international uh, market and we, we, we look to bring in talent from anywhere because we want our talent to be able to go anywhere as part of international trade agreements, keep in mind that the $500,000 price tag for this uh, project, for the Blue Ring, in the vicinity of 80% of the money was spent on local construction firms fabricating and erecting this, uh, these, these pieces of art. So they are... They are stimulants for the local economy at a point in time when we do need that stimulus. Okay, so that's 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 a blanket approach. That's not necessarily an endorsement of this specific piece of art, but just in general, why you believe yeah. we, we need this kind of a policy. Right, and so what we did, I mean, there was an attack because of the Blue Ring on the idea of having public art, and what we used is we used the, the, the Blue Ring as an opportunity to sort of refine it, and we did. We put some constraints on the process. We thought, you know, 1% of a $4.57 billion project like the Green Line is ridiculous amounts of money, more money than we need to spend on art. Uh, we also talked about, you know, not building public art that's going to be far away from the public, behind chain link fences in, in, in city facilities and stuff like that. So those are all sort of refinements. I think the two big refinements that I'm hearing about with this particular piece of art, and, 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 I, and I want to just go on record as saying, you know, I am aware of the work that uh, Del Geist and his uh, collective have done, and, and some of it's pretty stunning, and pro- some of it's pretty nice. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this one, and, and I think the jury's still out on whether you know history will judge this particular piece of art well or not. Um, but I think, I, I think that the two questions that we're asking that that are really pertinent, if you're, if you are a supporter of public art here, is does it make sense to build? piece of art on, on a highway that you're zipping by rather than something that you can interact with in a more meaningful way. That's a good conversation to have, and there's pros and cons arguments there. The other conversation is the one about cultural appropriation. And, you know, in this period of truth and reconciliation, this is something we have to be laser-focused on. And, I, and I'm not going to... Uh, I, I think the jury's out on that one, and we're still digging into what the facts of the matter are. But someone on Twitter wisely said, once... Once you've once it's been called a burial a, a burial uh, platform uh, platform, you can't unsee it. You know, so so whether this whether this was deliberately appropriating or whether it was not, invariably we have to have that conversation because it's right there in front of all of our faces. So what theoretically so think, could council do then if if it's concluded that yes this is disrespectful or it shouldn't be represented that way? What what are what are council's options? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I imagine council does have the power to sort of dismantle something, uh, but I think that we would be, you know, we would be very cavalier to explore that kind of an extreme outcome before we knew all of the facts of the matter. Um, and, and I think that there's still a lot that needs to be discussed. The other, the other question I think that, that, you know, is really interesting right now is the conversation of do we, is the role of public art to be, more accessible to everyone. Like, you know, if you've got a billionaire who's an eccentric and they want to drop, you know, a tremendous amount of money on something that everyone else can look at and be like, whoa, I can't believe he spent money on that. He's a billionaire. He gets to do whatever he wants. But 
should the city be focused on building uh, art that's more accessible to more people? And the flip side to that argument, of course, is that you know if, if you if you dumb it down for the masses, are you really doing what art should be doing, which is provoking conversations and forcing people to think? And you know, keep in mind that a lot of public art was reviled at first. You know, the, the most famous example, of course, being uh, the Eiffel Tower, which was hated by everyone, like hated. Yeah. And, and so I, and I'm certainly not suggesting that this thing is the Eiffel Tower. I'm just suggesting that if you try and dumb it down or if you try and make it uh, too palatable to too many people, you're really working against the whole point of public art in the first place. And so I, I, I'm actually I'm proud of the system that we have, the idea that, you know, I, I think a misconception that some people have about, about public art is that we buy it off the shelf, that, you know, somehow there's some shadowy committee out there that was looking through a, a catalog, and they're like, ooh, let's, let's put that there. And that's not how it works at all, of course. I mean, the way it works is the budget is set, um, and, and this budget, by the way, was not 1%. It was 0.7% of, of the capital costs and of, of this particular piece of infrastructure. And the public art board goes into action, and the first thing they do is they call out uh, for, for, for a request for qualifications. So artists from all over the world, including local artists, are allowed to submit their qualifications and the kernel of an idea for how they would respond to it. So you look at what they've done so far, you look at what their idea is, and you balance between the two. And this board selects three top runners to come in, see the city, see the site, and then uh, refine their pitch. And from that, they select an artist, and that artist then goes into work with the community uh, developing the actual piece of art. So you, you don't know what you're going to get because the piece of art is a product of the process of working with the community and embedding with the community. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of times it produces some really interesting and wonderful and thought provoking stuff. And every once in a while we get uh, something that people are upset about, but I really want to be clear that if you don't like public art, that is a very valid argument to make. But please don't conflate this piece of public art with public art. Let's, let's have those two conversations. Because if you are a supporter of public art, uh, how do we make sure we get better public art that remains thought-provoking but doesn't piss people off? Yeah, no, well said. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about this uh, certainly in the weeks ahead and into next month when Council reconvenes. Uh, we'll leave it there for now, though. Uh, Council Carra, thanks so much for joining us. We thanks, appreciate Rob. it. Talk to you later. You bet. Take Bye. care. That is uh, Giancarlo Carra. He is the City Council representing Ward 9. So some interesting thoughts on the city's approach to public art. But, yeah, I think he makes some interesting points uh, because I, I do think cities need to factor that in. You want your city to be uh, memorable and beautiful and visually appealing. You don't want to live uh, in a city that looks like a bunch of concrete boxes uh, that some Soviet architect in 1965 came up with. I get that. I think most people get that. So, yeah, okay, in general, a focus on public art makes sense. But a process that has generated so many misses, as we've seen here in Calgary, maybe there's something wrong with that process. 974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.